At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good morning and welcome in. Still no Gil. He'll be back on Monday. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. We've been with you all of last week, this week as well. And we only got two days left. It's been quite the run. We've got a good show on tap today, though. As usual, Paul Sporer is going to be with us. Caught a little less than five minutes from now as we discuss everything in Major League Baseball. Twitch.tv slash Remember, awesome Twitch channel for all of those out there who enjoy those sort of things. Andy McNeil, bottom of this hour, National Hockey League, front and center with Andy the Mandy. Uh, we're going to discuss a lot of things with Andy, including the Vegas Golden Knights showing a little bit more life than usual and Jason's Montreal Canadiens. Oh, still alive and not even just alive, a 1-0 series lead. Tom Byrne, host SiriusXM NBA, will be with us as well. Top of the next hour, Lou Fittacaro, a little mixed martial arts and NHL as we talk with Gam Blue about a pretty good fight night card. I know Jason's excited for it this weekend on top of what's going on in the National Hockey League. But let's begin with last night. And of course, for those who don't remember, uh, I am in two ways involved with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, bet them after game one to win this series at minus 145. And of course, I'm a Clippers fan growing up. So this has been quite the run here for the Los Angeles Clippers who close as an eight-point favorite last night and end up losing 105 Two, 100 in that one. Uh, as you look at this between these two clubs, this is absolutely nuts in terms of what has been going on in this series. But the Clippers last night, 
A lot of things go into a loss like this. Uh, trailing by double digits heading into the fourth quarter, and yet still using a 16-6 to run to come back in this game and make it something down the stretch where you actually have a shot down one to potentially do something. And so many things had to go wrong in the final minutes. Terrence Mann passing up what looked like an opportunity at a slam dunk at the very least, a high volume or excuse me, a high efficiency shot within four feet of the basket to kick it back out. Then, of course, you get back in on the other one. They're down by three. You get Kawhi Leonard with a really bad shot attempt from the corner, even though he had about six and a half seconds left on the clock to maybe kick it back out and find something else. But at the end of the day, this is now a team that is down 3-2. This is a team that has had no answer for Luka Doncic, who last night had 42 points, eight rebounds, 14 assists. This has been insane, the inability to contain a guy like Luka Doncic for the Los Angeles Clippers. And the Los Angeles Clippers team who, as we kind of expected, were supposed to be, right, a really high-end defensive team is one of the reasons why I picked them to win the Western Conference in the second half. This is a team that finished top five in offensive efficiency, top five in defensive efficiency, and last night was their worst offensive game, and they chose the worst time to have it. Just 107.6 in terms of the offensive rating against the Dallas Mavericks. And we, you got to give Rick Carlisle credit because this is why you like series, right? Because... While the series play out and it's largely the same players, you get adjustments from these guys. And Ty Lue, to give him credit, it took him a long time, but Ty Lue decided to go a little bit smaller near the end of Game 3 and at the start of Game 4, rolled out Nick Batum in the starting lineup, and it bothered the Dallas Mavericks. They won both of those games in Dallas, and then, of course, Los Angeles comes back home for this one last night. And Rick Carlisle says, okay, if you're going to go small, not only are we going to go big and throw Boban Marjanovic in the middle of everything, but we're also going to start to play a little bit more zone to keep you out from inside of the hill. Because remember, that within four feet of the basket, the Clippers had been destroying the Dallas Mavericks through the last few games, shooting well over 70% within four feet of the basket and nearly 50 attempts through two games. So this had been something that you saw the Los Angeles Clippers make a concerted effort. We were going to attack within four feet of the basket. We were going to draw free throws. We were going to get more involved in that area of the floor. And so for Carlisle to do what he did in terms of an adjustment, going big, forcing a guy like Avisa Zubac onto the floor at times as well for the Los Angeles Clippers. Like this has been, I think, a really well-coached series for Carlisle. And just overall fascinating to see the adjustment last night and the inability of the Los Angeles Clippers to do much about it. Now, they did get dribble penetration. They were kicking it out to shooters, and they were keeping themselves in it with a relatively decent shooting night. But overall, 14-38 to 38 for the Los Angeles Clippers, 36.8%. Not going to get it done when you give up 40 points to the guys, the leading scorer for the Dallas Mavericks, and you allow 38% on fewer attempts. So, at the end of the day, now we got to win them both if you're the Los Angeles Clippers. And this is Absolutely fascinating because through the next two games, what have you seen from Los Angeles at all that makes you think that they will be able to contain Luka Doncic other than him getting hurt, right, and having a really poor game, you know, half game three, most of game four. Now we're sitting in a situation where both Los Angeles teams are on the brink of elimination. Like these post, this postseason from an anecdotal standpoint has been absolutely fascinating. And again, I really hope the Clippers pull this off. I have money on them to do so after game one, but the basketball fan in me and, and watching what has happened over the last few games, and I was just blown away by what Carlisle did yesterday, coaching circles around Ty Lue for the most part in this series as well. Fascinating to see what this series has become and what the postseason is going to become if both the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers are eliminated in the first round. It's Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander here on a numbers game. Zvisin, the sports betting network. A numbers game, of course, presented to you by BetMGM. Taking the show anywhere these plots. 
VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. Let's switch gears. We're going to get back to the NBA in a little bit. My guy Trey Young gets it done. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic for the Atlanta Hawks, but we'll go back to the NBA in a few minutes. For right now, let's talk a little baseball. As Paul Sporer is with us, writer, podcaster over at Fangraphs, twitch.tv slash Sporer, as well as where you can find the work up on the stream. And Paul, it is good to talk to you as usual, man. I actually wanted to start with a little bit about yesterday. Uh, first off, like, I just wanted to start with Bo Bichette because the triple at the end of that game after they come back into play, how many guys are swinging at a pitch like that? Like, that was ridiculous, and yet he makes solid contact. It's a triple. He clears the bases. I have been solidly impressed with Bo Bichette this season. He's been awesome, and last night was ridiculous. JVT, great to speak with you. Um, I agree with you on everything you said about Bo Bichette there. He's been incredible, and I actually had um, a little bit of concern about him coming into this year with regards to whether or not he was going to run. I know a lot of people don't factor in you know, stolen bases when they're talking about players, but as a fantasy-focused person, the way I am, I was like, I don't know. You know, We saw him run in the minors. We haven't really seen much in the majors. He's already seven for seven on the bases in addition to everything else he's doing. MLB high, 44 runs gets the comeback yesterday <sighs> I thought I thought the Marlins had him and uh, yep. I I kind of I kind of recommended the Marlins play so I was pulling for that one there with Pablo Lopez feeling like he was at a big number going against a rookie in his second start everything looked good until the very end there thanks for nothing Yimmy Garcia but yeah Bo, Bo is insane and it's interesting you see like you see bad players swinging pitches like that and miss, and then you see good players swinging pitches like that and somehow make something happen. These stars are just a different breed. Yep. It was it was like, I think one, one of the write-ups I wrote, like it was a ball that was essentially at neck level and outside of the zone. He's still like, nah, I can swing at this thing. Uh, yeah. hey, let me ask you really quick, too, because I was actually, I was in agreement. I thought it was a good spot for Lopez overall. This is why, Paul, like I can't, I can't do full games. Like I, I handicap the pitcher so much that to me it's first fives or pass because you just have no idea what the leverage is going to be, who's going to be coming in later in that game. Like it's just too much for me to calculate that I don't know. But I do know that I'm going to get a Pablo Lopez out there against an Alec Manoa for at least five. Five-ish innings, and to me, like first fives have been the way to go because you get situations like this all the time. Rain delay, come back yep. three runs, bottom of the ninth, and you get screwed. Exactly, and I do think that that's probably why the market has moved so much to the first fives. Yep. You feel like you have a lot more control over it than turning it over to bullpens these days, because even if you like a bullpen at the top, you know, top three guys or so, you're going to get a lot of days where you're not even touching those those top three guys or maybe one of those top three guys. And so you're going with the with the dregs or the middle tier of the bullpen, and then that's scary. You don't want to put your money there. So I think that's a fair call out that, uh, especially a play like that with a Marlins team that's like, they're they're all right, but they're not uh, mm-hmm. rock solid. If you really want to do that play, I think first five probably would have been a better way to go. Are we freaking out about the three and a third from Manoa, the three home runs? What did you see from him? No. No, n- nothing that really worries me at all. This was kind of expected. That, that's part of why I was on that play for the Marlins was off the hype of that first start. How many times have we seen it where the guy comes into the second start, kind of levels, you know, resets the level a little bit, comes back down to earth after everyone was saying, this guy's a stud. He's not going to have a bad game this year. It's like, okay, now we can start from this point. We've seen one great, one bad, and now he kind of takes off from here. And I, I think he's going to be very good still. I, I, I'm, I've not changed my outlook on Manoa, even a shred after this, even even uh, getting beaten up by a mediocre team. 
So Paul Spore is with us. Let's discuss a couple more of the guys we saw last night before we move ahead. You know, one of the guys I had circled yesterday, and it's funny, it's kind of a similar situation. You know, I thought Dobnek was a guy that if you looked at his underlying numbers, you're like, there's some, like, decent stuff here, I think, coming for him. And then, sure enough, yesterday he goes out five and two-thirds against the Orioles, gives up a lot of contact, three earned runs, so not a terrible performance, strikes out three. It's the... uh well, it gets a little late in the bullpen, or excuse me, he gives up a little bit late. But regardless, did you like what you saw from Dobnak? Because I feel like there's some better things coming for him if we're talking about him as an option, as a starting pitcher, and whatever outlet if we're talking about wagering, daily, whatever. Yeah, and I've, I've had more expectation for him than he's delivered this year. Uh, I saw Dobnak as somebody who I believe he uh, improved or added a slider this year, too, that people were gushing about in spring training, and it just hasn't come to fruition with him. And I think part of it is, is a big reason why we worry about guys like this with the low strikeout rate mm-hmm. is you're putting so much on the contact that you're allowing, and this is a bad defense jvt it's it's really really bad there in minnesota and so anybody that's more of a contact approach with the twins right now i don't feel comfortable trusting them at all so i like Dobnek's raw talent i think there is more here i don't think he's a 619 era kind of guy i think he can actually kind of shave maybe up upwards of two runs off of that i think he's a mid fours type of guy but when you're allowing this much contact yeah, and you're putting your fate in the hands of this defense we see how that's working right now and it's it's been very poor they desperately need both kepler and buxton back for the outfield and then just the uh the non angelton simmons portions of the infield to tighten up angelton one of a half man angelton simmons one of my favorite guys for the longest time uh and with as the uh, as an angels fan watching him out there it was like a highlight outside of so trout and he's so freaking awesome dude it's ridiculous so, so good and he adds so much defensively that uh you know i was really excited to see him go to the twins for mm-hmm. that added defense but like i said they're missing two-thirds of their of their prime outfield there with buxton and kepler both of them are great defenders and uh you know turtle arnock's not great in in left and then the rest of the infield outside of simmons it's just not very good right now. All right, let's go to a couple of other things we saw yesterday. Uh, is Cody Bellinger on the verge of a breakout, right? Missed some times, batting back for a little bit now. As a first inning grand slam, looks pretty solid. Are we on the verge of an outbreak for not only Bellinger, but this Dodgers lineup as we move forward? Played in 14 runs yesterday. Yeah, seeing that 11-run first yep. inning and just decimating Carlos Martinez we see where they're at right now and they just had a barrage and a lot of times this does open the floodgates it kind of fits that narrative of like oh oh boy here they go and the thing of it is they're 33 and 23 it's not like they were bad or anything like that but it has felt like they've kind of you know just been kind of moseying along as opposed to enforcing their will so yeah I think I think this could be the opening of a floodgate that could really be problematic for the rest of the league well and as Jason our producer points out and um where was this against John Gant, Paul? Because that is the frustrating uh, part. What is happening here? I, st- I still can't figure that out. <laughs> I, I, I I started an article about him, JBT, and I, I don't have any answers right. still. I, I, I looked into everything. I can't figure it out. It, it has to be... It, this is what I'm, I'm stuck on right now, and this I, I hate to just wash my hands and be like, luck. But it has to be he's making the pitches at the right moment every time and one thing it was i know for sure in that game against the dodgers he had two huge defensive plays by tommy edmund and dylan carlson but there has to be a lot of that this year because this profile makes no sense it he just should not have anywhere near he shouldn't have anywhere near a 460 ERA, let alone a 160. that sucker should be like 660 right now 
it doesn't make sense. Whatever he's doing, he's living right right now. And and I, I hey, good on him, but I cannot figure it out. And I wouldn't touch it in fantasy or the handicapping market. I'd I'd be deathly afraid. I, I'm betting against John Gant every single start now. The yeah. rest until I until this evens out blindly. I don't care. Pirates with half their lineup don't care because there is a come up. Uh, come up and it's coming from for John Gant. Right. There has to be. There has to. Well, of course. But you're like you mentioned it. Uh, getting your second baseman to leap twenty feet in the air to snag you know a liner, getting a sliding catch in the outfield. Like it is yep. ridiculous uh, the way that this has been happening for him. So uh, we, it's nothing personal, John Gant. If you're listening, it's just no, that, no, no. <laughs> it's this numbers just are stats. Nuts. It's just like we just know that this is coming. My favorite phrase with guys like this is they're dodging raindrops because if you think yep. about that imagery. It fits so perfectly. He's Keanu Reevesing through the through the raindrops right now, and it's truly insane. Again, good on him, but I'm betting against you every step of the way at this point. Uh, all right, let's go with a, a big picture uh, question here, and we we talked a little bit about this yesterday, uh, but I want to go with a play, player and then a team. Uh, first off, one of the players that I've been really impressed by, he had another good outing yesterday. Uh, Albert Azale has been pretty solid, and he had another great outing against the Padres uh, last night or in the morning. Uh, five innings pitched, three hits, seven strikeouts, had a like majestic strikeout on a fastball that looked like it was going inside and just cuts right back in. Uh, what have you made of Azale first, and then we'll get to the Cubs, because he's been off to a solid start this year. His numbers are solid across the board, and I, I like watching him pitch a lot. I really do too, and this is a, a bright young pitcher in a system that was relatively barren as far as uh, talent for the for the here and now, especially. And so he was kind of what they were pinning a lot of their hopes on to kind of help their pitching. And he's been everything they've wanted and more. And he's kind of bridged that gap as Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies have found their footing to kind of keep them with somebody that they can turn to regularly. Now he's only four and four record wise, but as far as his pitching, that's not that has nothing to do with his pitching. He's been pitching his face off and Alzley looks really good like a legit starter I will say I had a little bit of a relief concern when they first were kind of bringing him up in a hybrid role and I I wasn't sure you know um you know Sarah's one of my colleagues in the fantasy industry talks about how uh, the bullpen is sticky, meaning if a young player starts there, a lot of times they can get stuck there. Uh, you know, Josh Hader was supposed to be a starter. The the relief thing was supposed to be temporary, becomes the best reliever in baseball. So I was worried a little bit about that with Alzale, but they realized how much they needed him as a starter. So they gave him the shot, especially this year, just starting him from, from day one. He's been awesome. So I really like Alzale, and I believe in a lot of what he's doing. Well, what about Patrick Wisdom? Because it's a really short sample size, but he's been really effective in their lineup too. He can absolutely crush the ball. So yeah. the power, the power does not surprise me. Now this is a blip that you know this is a a short sample run that is excellent for him with five of his ten hits going for extra bases. I do believe that there is some power here. Where I would be concerned is the fact that he still has a high strikeout rate, and that is going to be part of his game. Can he maybe hit like 250 with that power? Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. But there is going to be an upwards of 30% strikeout rate. So 250 is probably the cap. So there's going to be a lot of pull down from this 435 average. But I do believe that the power can be something legitimate. He is 29. He's kind of a journeyman late bloomer type. But his power has never been the problem. It's that he doesn't make a whole lot of contact. So let's make this big picture then. Chicago, of course, sweeps the San Diego Padres right now. Game and a half lead Huge. over the Cardinals in the NL Central. What's the sticking power of this team? What are they, 20 and 7 in their last 27 games? The bullpen has been absolutely magnificent. The lineup has a clearly a high end, at least in terms of the power. They can go off at any moment. But, like, so what yeah. is the big picture here for the Chicago Cubs as they're right now on top of the NL Central? 
If the pitching sticks, then they're they're on pace to just absolutely embarrass me because yet again did not believe in this team coming into this year, just as last year. Now, last year was a two-month season, and I absolutely believe that if if the season had played out the full way, I would have been vindicated in not liking that team with the pitching, Um, and they lost in the first round, which I thought was kind of a a layup call, to be honest, against the Marlins. Um, But I, I stuck with not liking them, and it was because of the pitching. And like you said, that bullpen has been off the charts and Craig Kimbrell was one that I completely missed if you take off his first four outings from last year from that point forward he was elite he's been absolutely untouchable this year he is back back and that's a bullpen leader right there and then it's trickled down to other guys like Tapera, Chafin, Winkler. Winkler's a little bit on his John Gant I will admit like I don't fully believe in what Winkler's doing with his ERA but he's a good pitcher um, and I I have to believe in this Cubs team a little bit. I have to come around from where I was, which was completely negative on them to saying, hey, if you got three starters in Hendricks, Davies, and Alzale, and even um, Arietta, I'll say, as like a third, fourth, you got four guys that you can go to regularly there with a good bullpen. I always liked the offense. That was the one piece that I was giving them. But if you've got pitching to go with it, I think they're every bit in this race because nobody was ever going to run away from it in the central. Uh, Even when I didn't like the Cubs, it was because I thought the other three teams, Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds were like basically tied for the top. So the Cardinals just joined them and you got four teams there that I think are going to continue to compete. I I still can't give up on the Reds. Maybe I should with the way uh, Gray and Castillo are pitching, but the Cardinals Brewers will give the Cubs all they can handle, but the Cubs are in this race. I'm amending how I felt about them because of the Alzale breakout and the fact that I underrated their bullpen. Yeah, and you see the standings right there if you're watching the broadcast. Uh, Cubs still the third choice over at MGM to win this division at plus 325. This, and, you know, game and a half lead here in June is not much, but uh, it is interesting to see the way they have played, especially over these last 27 games, and see those odds in front of them. All right, let's get to today and some of the arms and guys that we will see in action. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Vladimir Gutierrez is going to get the start here for them. He opposes Adam Wainwright. Uh, what is the projection here for this matchup later today? St. Louis, dollar fifty three favorite total of eight and a half. JBT, how familiar are you with Vladimir Gutierrez? Not much. I've been wanting to watch him because I have read things about him and I want to see what this so, is all about. He has a giant spider tattoo yeah. on his neck. And uh, he's affectionately known as Spider Neck on my Twitch stream. He's he's become a meme even before he came up to the majors. So the fact that he's in the majors, we're really excited about. Uh, me and my Twitch chat, we were dialed in on that first start, and I have to be honest, his stuff is terrible. Okay. So I am nervous uh, because I wanted him to be good, and it was really bad. Now, what I will do is I will give him a little pass here. I'm going to watch him with bated breath today because he pitched in Wrigley during a bad Wrigley day, a wind swirling, sideways rain, and maybe that was greatly affecting his stuff. If I'm making a play here, it's got to be the Cardinals based on what I saw from Vlad Gutierrez, but I'm certainly dialed in to see if maybe the weather affected him or if he just doesn't have very good stuff. Here's the thing, though. Even if he doesn't have good stuff, you will not catch me telling him to his face because of the aforementioned spider neck tattoo. And I just, you know, I don't want to deal with that potential hassle, but I will bet against him today because uh, I didn't see a lot from that first outing there uh, with regards to his raw stuff. And wayno has been pretty good. He's a solid four, and that Cardinals team is very good. And like I said, the Reds have underperformed. So I think you, think you got to go cards today if you're going to bet that at all. Uh, wait, maybe the spider tattoo is part of a strategy in which he intimidates the opponents and they are so distracted that maybe his stuff, uh, he can also become John Gant-esque with not really great stuff, but just a terrifying impressive. opponents. 
Yeah, if if just the tattoo, if he just does this every like you know two strike count, like if you don't strike out here, right, this is yeah. coming for you. Then maybe they'll just be fearful strikeouts. Uh, all right. Well, hey, look at that. We're up against it. Time flies. I actually had one more thing for you, Paul. Hey, appreciate the time, dude. Uh, again, where can people find all your stuff? Uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash sport on Twitter, twitter.com slash sport. Thank you so much, JBT. Great Thanks. talking with you. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Paul Sporer again, Fangrass, and of course, right there, twitch.tv slash sport. All right. We have a lot more to get to. We'll get back to the NBA. Remember, bottom of this hour, too, we have Andy McNeil with us. Uh, let, we have a series price up for Philly and Atlanta. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into this, the status of one Joel Embiid, but it's a pretty fascinating series price. We have a lot more on the NBA when we come back here on a numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options. Also, uh, in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700. All right. It's a numbers game here on v the Sports Betting Network. I am Jonathan Montobel filling in for Gil Alexander. He will be back next week uh, on Monday. So these are our last two days together. I've had fun, and I hope that you have had fun as well. Uh, a little bit of news coming out of the NBA. We'll move on quickly, but it's worth noting. Uh, Eric Pink, as a Bleacher Report, has reported uh, that uh, Chris Paul has a $44.4 million player option. We know about it. According to several sources, he intends to decline those hopes of inking a new multi-year deal, perhaps in the $100 million range over the next three seasons. Unclear of whether or not the shoulder is going to be an issue for him and if that changes the plans, but at least we have an idea of what that's going to be like for Chris Paul. And if he does opt out, you would think that he re-signs with the Phoenix Suns, but at the same time, makes a very interesting offseason considering that uh, a Kawhi Leonard has an opt-out as well. And you all of a sudden have some two high-level free agents that could potentially be available for any of these teams. Uh, With that, let's talk a little about a series that has been set now as the Atlanta Hawks take care of business last night over the New York Knicks, 103-89 final. Knicks again offensively, less than a point per possession. And look, you know, it was a good run for the New York Knicks. Really fun story. Tom Thibodeau got the most that he could out of these guys. Uh, Julius Randle winning most improved. Awesome season for New York. I was never a Knicks hater. The numbers just painted a picture of success for the Atlanta Hawks, and here we are. Hawks winning five. So what does this mean as we go forward now? Well, it sets up a pretty fascinating series, right? Because the Atlanta Hawks will move on to take on the potentially Joel Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers as the uh, 76ers, of course, take care of business against the Washington Wizards. First up, series price, 76ers, a $2.15 favorite over the Atlanta Hawks. And that is, I think, pretty fascinating. I expected this to be like over $3, like well over $3. I was expecting in the range of like four. Now I get it, right? Joel Embiid, his status is in question. We have no idea the availability. Uh, The injury does sound minor, but it has been reported, of course, that an injury like that, of course, can get worse the more you play on it. So we'll see if that is going to be something that he's going to have. Well, we know he's going to be something to worry about. If it's something that he exacerbates as you go forward with this postseason, 
But regardless, uh, I thought this was a matchup that played very well in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers, right? If you go to the regular season between these two teams, the Hawks 1-2 against the Philadelphia 76ers, a negative 17.5 net rating. Atlanta managed just a 101.7 offensive rating in those three games against them, and they couldn't stop anything in terms of their defense matching up with the Philadelphia 76ers and as good as like a presence like Clint Capella is all right Clint Capella really from a matchup perspective doesn't have much on a guy like Joel Embiid who can also bring him out in space right and attack him from mid-range like there's so many things Embiid can do again this is really reliant on Embiid's health but I wonder if we're going to see this as we move forward right now so we have our two series prices 76ers $2 favorite at BetMGM Nets $2 favorite over at BetMGM the Dallas Mavericks on the verge of potentially eliminating, right, the Los Angeles Clippers. And, you know, you hear, like, there's this conversation of, hey, man, I'll bet the Dallas Mavericks, whatever the price is. Well, it shouldn't be like that. But I wonder if really solid – I shouldn't even wonder. I know. Really good performances in the first round. I wonder how much they alter series prices to an extent, right? I get that Joel Embiid is injured. But, again, a price that I thought – and, again, the series – plays out in the regular season that shows that there's a pretty big gap between these two teams. I wonder if $2.15 is a slight overreaction. Because, look, I mean, we saw yesterday, right? The market moving in the direction a little bit of the Washington Wizards. This is still a really good team overall without Joel Embiid on the floor, especially from the defensive side. And they still have a lot of pieces to throw out at Trey Young. If you think a Clint Capella and Trey Young pick and roll is going to be as devastating against Philadelphia as it was against New York, you know, that's, that's wrong. They have the personnel to really match up with that, especially if there's going to be a Joel Embiid on the floor. So I get it. A lot of this is really hinging on the health of Joel Embiid. We haven't seen any indication that he's going to miss the series as a whole. That seems very cheap on the surface, given what we saw between these two teams in the regular season, given the matchup between these two teams as well in terms of the physical on-court stuff. So we'll see. And keep in mind, too, I mean, this bench for the Hawks did have a lot of trouble with the role players for the New York Knicks. And now that's, that's a level up here for the Philadelphia 76ers, whose bench is on par, if not maybe a little bit better, I think, with the New York Knicks. So... Pretty fascinating series price. And again, $2, the cheapest one on the board right now, $2.15 over at DraftKings as well. So we will see where this price goes. But I feel like the market, I like this Hawks team, but I don't know if I like them that much. So we'll have series previews up for those in the next 24 hours up on the website, vcin.com. All right, we'll come back. We have two games later today to discuss as well. And then Andy McDeal joins us in 15 as we discuss everything in the National Hockey League here on a numbers game. any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows, including Follow the Money and Numbers, Game Buying Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VSIN Best Bets, downloading or download Beating the Book. I combined those two words with Gil Alexander and Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers. Hey, that's me. Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Jason brought up a great point off the air that we should clarify very quickly when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers and Atlanta Hawks series. Played three games in the regular season, went one and two. The Hawks did against Philadelphia. Trey Young missed one of those games. It was one of the losses. Uh, was on the floor for the other ones. And um, 
from a personnel standpoint, both teams largely whole in all three of the games, except for the one in which um, Trey Young missed one, Ben Simmons missed another. So it is a very good point to bring up that you have to analyze these regular season matchups in their entirety. You know, one of my points of contention with the Knicks and Hawks thing, right, because a lot of people were, hey, the Knicks were 3-0 and against the Hawks this year in the regular season. You know, how can they be favored? Why would you look at that side? And the rebuttal was, well, Lloyd Pierce was the coach for two of them. Bogdan Bogdanovich missed two games. You know, you can go through all of those. So reading up and looking at who was available in a lot of these regular season matchups, how they played out is very important. So very much worth noting, Trey Young missed a loss. Ben Simmons missed the loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, took to the Atlanta Hawks, and you can go from there. But the last two games, both losses for the Atlanta Hawks, again, one of which Young missed, uh, were in late part of the year, right, in March. So very much worth looking at how those played out. But regardless, we'll have more on that as we go on. I just think it's really interesting that the market might be a little too strong in Atlanta. But then again, you know, it's, it's funny how your opinions change from series to series where I'm like, hey, the Hawks aren't getting enough respect in the first round. And then now it's maybe they're getting too much respect. All right, let's go to today. A couple of games in the NBA, not a deep card, but some closeout opportunities for two teams in the Western Conference. One is on the road. Actually, both are on the road. Denver and Phoenix can close their series out later today. Let's talk about the Nuggets real quick. Nuggets catching five here with a total of 227.5. We've seen this total drop down. Portland actually opened a four, so not a surprise that the market is moving in the direction of Portland, and this total has come down. This is obviously both both of these series are absolutely fascinating. But again, this has been a pretty cut-and-dry series in terms of how you – not even predict because you can't really predict foul trouble – But how this series has gone, it has been pretty simple for the Denver Nuggets. Go at Yusuf Nurkic, get him in foul trouble, and get him off of the floor and take advantage from there. And we talk about this all the time, right? Nurkic going into that last game, the fact that he had one of the best plus minuses in the NBA postseason, led his team in terms of plus minus when he was on the court. And then when he's off the court, the defense completely falling off. This is what it all comes down to for the Portland Trailblazers is from a defensive standpoint in those non-Nurkic minutes, are you able to contain Denver? And if you are not, are you able to at least outscore them and keep up with them from that perspective? You're talking about a matchup of these two teams, third and fourth in terms of non-garbage time offensive efficiency, 123.8 for the Portland Trailblazers, 123.5 for the Denver Nuggets. There is like this much, for those who are listening, I'm holding my fingers together like really closely. Like there's this much separating these two teams. I personally just have a tendency to think that if we're talking about laying five here for the Portland Trailblazers, in all of these games, right, they have been comfortable margins by the time the game is over with. But when you have this big of a glaring weakness for this Portland Trailblazers team, right, on the defensive side of the ball, especially in those non-Nurkic minutes that you know that you are going to get at some point, unless Nurkic plays all 48 minutes, it's hard for me to willingly lay five in this spot with the Portland Trailblazers, right? Like, that's just the problem overall, where when you have this massive weakness that the Denver Nuggets have clearly been able to take advantage of, that in, of the five games we have played, four of them you've had no answer for Nikola Jokic, it's it's a little tough to sit there and think, you know what, this number's up from four to five, I'm laying it, so... I'd rather be on the side of Denver at this point right now that now that we're up to five. I can understand opening this at four. You kind of get the power rating perspective, right? Clearly the market higher on Portland. Things to the better team. It's why Denver only lays about one when they're at home. It's why Portland was favored throughout this series when it was all knotted up at the multiple times it was. So you can understand this. But again, I've been a little bit higher on Denver than I think most have, especially in this series. So we'll see. And again, the other part of this too is 
Denver, from a shooting perspective, the games that they have lost, they have had awful shooting nights. Guys like Michael Porter Jr. have to shoot extremely well. You need more out of Monte Morris. I really like the fact that it looks like Michael Malone is really buying into Monte Morris, right? Not only in the closing lineups, which he was a, he was brilliant down the stretch of that double overtime win over the Portland Trailblazers, but it gives him a true ball handler, obviously, a guy who is a legitimate scoring threat at every single level of the floor, especially within four feet of the basket and being able to attack off the bounce, provides a little bit more from an offensive perspective than a guy like a Fukudo Campazzo, who's not really going to be on the floor in those closing minutes. So more from Monte Morris. I think would be expected here today, but five seems pretty high just given what we have seen from these two teams and just the separation between the two of them, right? Portland has a positive net rating in this series, but it's plus 0.3. Like nothing is separating these two teams at this point right now. And then you get the other one, Phoenix at Los Angeles. Lakers open three with a total of 208 and a half. Right now we're down to two at most spots. So look at that. South Point's down to one and a half here with a total of 207. So this is what it all comes down to at this point right now, right? In terms of the health, the status, Anthony Davis, what's going to happen with the Los Angeles Lakers. But I, I thought Joe Fortenbaugh put it pretty well yesterday. And it's funny because it's one of the topics that I had kind of pointed out to, right, in terms of what is going to happen with this Miami and Milwaukee series where we perceive these teams to still be the same that they were a year ago. We don't know for sure if Anthony Davis or not is going to play tonight. And you'd expect that if Anthony Davis is going to play, that this number is going to move right back to like the two and a half, three-ish range. But we tend to always see the market hedge in the, in the direction of player A is not going to play tonight, right? And so you get this where the Lakers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Phoenix Suns. And at some point, right, going back to Fortinball's point, which is are you going to expect LeBron James to have the LeBron game? Like that's really what this all comes down to because if Anthony Davis is not going to play, there is no real shot creation outside of LeBron James, right? Guys like Wesley Matthews, Alex Caruso, like you're relying on these guys – to be your valves offensively when LeBron James can't make the offense work. And that's just going to be a problem because there's nothing really out there in terms of offensive shot creation for the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris Paul is slowly getting a little bit healthier. This Suns team from a defensive standpoint matches up well with the other ancillary pieces, right? That the Los Angeles Lakers have much better than I thought they were going to. So at the end of the day, I can totally understand the market swinging in this direction and making the Lakers just a one and a half point favorite. If Anthony Davis is not going to play, the Phoenix Suns should be power rated higher than the Los Angeles Lakers. And this number is representative of that. So if Davis is going to play, this number will move back in that direction. But again, going back to the analogy we always use, is that street fighter bar of health going to be above his head? Are we even going to know how fully healthy he's going to be with a soft tissue injury like that? All right, when we come back, we will have Andy McNeil with us. Let's get to the National Hockey League. We've got some good series that are underway. Looked like VGK might be able to take one yesterday. But again, no skaters, man. Colorado, they are wicked quick on that ice. And they were skating circles at times around the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Let's get his thoughts on the penalty at the end of that game and much more as those Canadians, man, huh? On the brink of elimination and now a 1-0 series lead. Andy McGill on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddy makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. $21 wager on the Lakers or Suns into $100 with BetMGM if either team hits a three. Just use the bonus code VSIM100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure you use promo code VSIM100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Tennessee, Colorado, text the red line. 800-889-9789. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let's bring him in. Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler up on Twitter, who has been nice enough to join us regularly here on a numbers game while I've been filling in. He didn't have to, though. But you know what? I can fill in adequately at times. What's up, buddy? I like the shirt. Thanks. It's bright. It's right. really, uh, really 
really makes a statement at that uh, 8.45 in the morning. That's right. Yeah, you know, it brings the energy up. It's absolutely fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about last night. So like personally for me, Andy, watching the first two games between Colorado and Vegas, like I have been so impressed with the speed that Colorado has. Like they seem to at times be skating by <laughs> Vegas multiple times. Like even like there's been multiple odd man rushes in the first two games. We give up a goal there. Like right now through these two games, the gap seems to be quite large between these two. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think you can say that if you're just, you know, talking about the, the high-end speed right. skill uh, of the two teams, I don't think they, they really match up. I mean, watching the game last night, um, the Golden Knights, they, they really poured everything into that effort, and it was, a, a, you know, a very a very well-played game for the most part. Uh, I mean, they've got to, you know, be able to hang their hats on that. But, uh, you know, as someone who back the Knights once again pretty reluctantly um at a big price uh you know even even during those periods when they had that those you know the sustained pressure in the avalanche zone and and Grabauer maybe had to make make a you know a, a great save or two mm-hmm. um it just it just every time the avalanche take the puck back it, it it's like okay here we go again and and I think that's um you know going to be a theme throughout the series uh, I think that was probably as close to the best effort, the best, um, you know, the best game that the Vegas Golden Knights can play. Uh, and it wasn't good enough. And, you know, the, the Avalanche were able to, to hang around all along. And um, I, I don't necessarily think that, that the Golden Knights played a full, you know, 60-minute game there. Uh, I thought it was a very sloppy start. Um, I know DeBoer had some comments as far as the Avalanche maybe embellishing some calls, and maybe that's the case. But um, the penalties that they took early in the game, throughout the first half of the game, were were you know avoidable to to say the least. Um, and and I didn't think that they really you know took over the game until they were down two one uh, and and given a power play about midway through the second period. And then yeah, they 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 controlled the, the pace of play. Uh, throughout the rest of the game but you know as we'll often see uh when a team you know sort of dominates a really good team like the avalanche uh they often punch themselves out and and you know don't quite have enough left uh when it gets down to the nitty-gritty um it was a pretty soft ot call that's for sure uh you know you don't want to see a game end like that but um i mean i I think at the grand the big picture the golden knights were probably lucky to get that game into overtime given all of the power play opportunities that they handed to the Avalanche early in the game. Um, and, and, you know, the, the game could have been out of reach if not for Marc-Andre Fleury and then a little bit of bad luck uh, on that Avalanche power play. So as we look now forward uh, for Friday, right, back in Vegas, um, Colorado cross-board favored on the road, and you kind of expected that given the prices that they were laying in these first two games. Talk about minus 115, plus 105, depending on where you look and shop for your numbers. I Walk us I through this. Take the, the Knights at that price. I mean, I make it close to a coin flip, but yeah, like after what I've seen, mm-hmm. I'm getting plus seventy on the road. I'd rather, I'd rather sit these two games out, maybe, and just you know, okay, hopefully they'll win one, and and you can come back in Colorado and and you know throw it throw it back at the big price again uh, when the Avalanche had that you know home ice bump uh, to the odds. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's I don't think it's a very good proposition. It's you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily bet on Colorado here, but uh, if I if if I had a gun to my head and and I was forced to, to make a bet in this game at, at at basically coin flip odds, I'm going to take the team that looks like the far superior team 
Um, however, you know, if I'm going to trust my numbers, uh, and you know, <laughs> I don't know what they're worth now after <laughs> uh, what I've seen, but uh, then then I would look for the Golden Knights uh, to maybe move to that, you know, plus one ten, plus one fifteen, you know, uh, up in that range before I would even think about um, striking. Nobody's going to put a gun to your head. It's all right. This is a safe no, space. No, I know. I shouldn't use that analogy. I'm sorry. That's, you know, kind of insensitive. <laughs> as we laugh. Uh, all right, let's move on from here as we don't want to get no, into I any mean, sticky like, territory. No, I got you. scary situation. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go Bruins and Islanders. So we're going to see this pick back up. And we're going to, Jason, don't worry. We're going to get to your Canadians. I know you're fired up about them. You never lost hope. You never you're lost hope. Canadian. Uh, what, what, what am I? I'm learning that he's a Canadians fan. And is this something that I wasn't? No, Jason Jason might have a futures ticket that he had given up on on the Montreal oh, Canadiens. He gave up on it. That's uh, right. Again? I gave up on it, and I forgot about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. so he? I don't know if he, he's telling me that he bet it because of you. You gave him the inspiration. Yeah, no, I, have, in his I, have one, I have one too. I gave up on it as well. But yeah, no, I forgot. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like me the other day. I had a Portland Trailblazers. I have a Portland Trailblazers thirty-eight to one ticket, and I was like, ah, you know, they're dead, whatever. And then they looked like they might win the series against Denver. I'm like, I knew the whole time. I never gave up on it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but let's, well, since we're on it, let's talk about this. Situationally, like we always have this debate, right? We'll, we'll, we'll go to the Canadians then because it's, hey, rest versus rest. We saw the example in game one for Colorado and Vegas, right? The team that played yeah. in game seven had absolutely nothing in game one. But then we get another example of a team that played in game seven and had everything in game one. I, I think it's very much situational. So I'll ask you, what did you see in the first game between these two as we move forward in this series? The Canadians did look like the team that was fresher, that had been fighting for their lives. But we get all sorts of different examples of this. Canadians were plus 130 in that game. They win 5-3. to three. What's the analysis coming out of game one? Well, first of all, I, 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 I witnessed, you know, some totally galaxy brain analysis last night when, uh, uh, you know, an unnamed hockey analyst that I, you know, follow or, I, or you know, frequent, I guess, uh, frequently see their, their content, um, had talked about the rest advantage that the Winnipeg Jets had for you know the past two days it was one of the you know the main talking points and a big reason why he liked the jets in this series and hey i like the jets in this series coming in too um but then you know about midway through the the game i saw a comment along the lines of hey the jets really look like a team that's been been off for a while and, and i the first i the first thing i thought was well what is it is it an right. advantage or a disadvantage right i mean it can't go both ways so either it's good to have the time off or, you know, because looking, you know, looking like a team that that had the time off should be good if you think <laughs> there's a rest advantage, right? Not bad. So I, I thought that's kind of funny and and, and um, probably the way a lot of people were, were feeling about it last night. I think, you know, with the, the most recent examples we have here of teams coming off rather long breaks against teams that, you know, took a little bit longer to finish their uh, matchups um, are the Boston Bruins and the Avalanche. But those are elite teams. And um you know they're big favorites and and the jets are you know in a pretty for the most part even even match up here against this canadians team so i think it was a little bit um you know a little bit optimistic or a little bit too optimistic to think that they'd have any big favorable advantage i ended up on the montreal canadians small last night i made the game roughly minus 127 when paul Stastny was announced uh, out that was a bit of a surprise once again the jets have all this time off so you assume everybody's going to come into the game uh, healthy and feeling good. But Paul Snatsky wasn't able to go last night, and he's an important part of that team. And and obviously things kind of went off the rails uh, as the game went on right to the final minute. Obviously the brutal hit 
by Mark Shifley on on Canadians, uh, the Jake uh, Evans, who I guess is all right, um, but just you know one of the more uh, brutal results of, of, a, of a collision, uh, a one-sided collision, I guess I should say, um, in the league that I've seen in quite some time. It was a pretty scary scene, uh, but but Shifley, I would expect a, at least one game. Uh, I would think maybe more, but the NHL's player safety department is uh, always full of surprises. They could hand him for a fine, or hand him a fine, and I wouldn't even be surprised. But I suspect he'll miss a couple of games at least. Um, and uh, you've got Dylan DeMello went down with an injury early in that game, and and Stastny. So there's three really important players of this Jets team, um, and Jake Evans has been good for the Canadians. But the whole, you know, the outlook of this series, everything changed uh, throughout the course of that game. And um, it's, it's, it's a different series heading forward. So the Canadians are definitely in the driver's seat, uh, whereas I, I thought the Winnipeg Jets matched up quite well against Win- uh, against Montreal heading in. Um, but now with these developments, uh, I mean, I think it'll be a little bit tougher for them to get it done. So we've got uh, about 90 seconds left with you, but Boston and New York, Carolina, Tampa Bay later today. We've seen the market really move in favor of the Lightning. Uh, $1.64 over at Circuit. You take us wherever you want to go. Uh, I'm on the Bruins uh, at, at uh, minus 145 or better. I was able to get a you know, price closer to minus 140 across the board. Um, I've actually got this one price closer to minus 160-ish if uh, Craig Smith uh, gets back into the lineup, and that looks like it's going to be the case. I still think there's a little bit of value, even if that doesn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the Bruins at, at minus 140 and looking them, for them to, uh, to to clean up their game uh, after the last game. Um, Tampa, they've been outplayed, but they're the better team. They've got more skill, uh, and Carolina has suffered some injuries, so that the price move makes sense. But at this point, uh, you'd have to look at the Hurricanes or nothing. I don't think I'd be laying minus 160 or upwards of that. Uh, on the Lightning team, um, you know, given just how much this this Hurricanes team will fight, and Nito Niederreiter could be back into the lineup, and uh, Vincent Trocek is up in the air, so too many question marks to make a bet right now, but uh, Hurricanes are nothing at plus 150. All right, the Bruins too, by the way. South Point here's got a dollar thirty-five. Westgate's got a dollar thirty-six. For those out there, you can get that price for a little bit better on the dollar forty. Andy, good to talk to you, man. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. Good luck. You too, bud. Surprise. Can't underestimate Jets or Canadians any longer. That is a headline for Andy's piece in Point Spread Weekly this week. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. VEASAN.com. Then go to the NHL tab and click on Andy McNeil on the NHL. You get all of his pieces there too. When we come back, Tom Burns is going to be with us. Series 6M NBA. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.